You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. Make sure you send us your mailbag questions. We'll be doing that on Thursday, not Wednesday. Wednesday anymore. We give that solely to the Michelob Ultra player of the week. Who can maybe take that crown tonight in the game against the Detroit Pistons? We'll find out, but we'll discuss the mailbag questions coming up on Thursday. So make sure you get your questions in. I like our show a rundown today. We're going to play some Hornets alternate universe in segment yes. three. We're going to compare some trends, what the Hornets have been doing the past month from one player to another. We're going to be doing that in segment two, but we're going to preview and talk about the effects of some absences in tonight's game to lead us off. Devonte Graham, Cody Martin, and as usual, Gordon Hayward. None of those guys are playing tonight in the second game against Denver in four or excuse me against Detroit in four days. And when you're playing against the Pistons, it's a bad basketball team last in the Eastern Conference. So still, I don't think that this affects what the Charlotte Hornets should do tonight, Nada. But what do you make of this Devontae Graham absence along with Cody Martin? And we already know what it is with Gordon. But does that change your prediction, what the Hornets should do, what they need to do in the next three games against Pistons tonight, Bulls Thursday, and then right after that, the Orlando Magic. The thing I would tell you is that at some point, we need to be honest with ourselves and say Devontae Graham isn't going to be necessary to beat either any of those teams until, like, he shouldn't be needed until Sunday. So this should be a nice little rest for him to get in. And this is one of those times where, hey, I would probably – I'm not saying tink, tinker with the lineup necessarily in a major way, but let's honestly take a look at – let's rethink this lineup and everything else like that. Let's see if we can get some guys rested because there are a lot of guys that quite honestly are tired right now. And if you can get them rest in a meaningful way and just maybe with games off – and I'm not and I'm not saying that this team is good enough to where they don't need – where they can load manage. I'm not saying that. But if this is going to be the case and Indiana is going to be Indiana and we're not necessarily going to have to worry about them, like at some point, hey, maybe Terry, you take a night off. Hey, let's get let's get some other guys in here because this is the soft part of the schedule. And then right after this, the the last four or five games ramp up in difficulty. So if you can rest these guys and get these guys ready for the for the long run, like. I think it might behoove you to do so, but Devontae Graham, you shouldn't need. Cody Barton, we're not going to see again for the rest of the season as far as I'm concerned. But, like, for Devontae Graham, like, this is the time where he's going to be dealing with his knee issue for the rest of the season. This is a good time to possibly get him one, two, maybe three games off and then basically tell him, yo, we'll see you Sunday for, for when Yeah, just speaking off. of the future for Devontae, not even this season, but Devontae has been banged up but not 
out for long, long periods of time for a couple of times this season. You look at him in early February, missed a few games, came back a couple. That would have been February 12th and then the 14th. Then he was out, I think, six or seven games, then returned again on March 11th. So that was an extended period of time. Plays um, a lot of games in a row. He's inactive against Brooklyn and Portland. Then he didn't dress against Detroit. You know, he comes back against Miami. Now he's not back again. You know, what do you make of Devontae's season just health-wise? Does that scare you going forward or just in his career? Or do you think that this is a season kind of where you throw maybe some of the health scares out the window because of the way that the pandemic and the truncated season has affected Absolutely. a lot of players' like, health? This is there. one of those seasons where, if we're honest, like, this is going to shape the way the NBA seasons are going to be for the next two, three years because you're you're got, catching a lot of guys with soft tissue injuries or muscle tears or ACL tears or just irreparable damage at this point because the season is just so packed and unsustainable to a degree for a second. So I do think that is it something that I would worry about long term? Yes. Is it something I would possibly – throw the factor into this short season? Yes. Do I think that it's going to affect his money long-term? Probably not. I think the money, it, again, if we're talking about what he's going to get on the open market, the injury history isn't going to matter because it's not like this is an ACL tear. This isn't one of those Kemba Walker situations where the Hornets just rode the guy till the tires were bald. This is more of a situation where like, there's not that much mileage on him. This is a soft tissue injury when it comes to this season, and it's a truncated season, and this is just going to be something he manages. And he should be right should he stay off the leg until, like, should he stay off the leg this summer, he'll probably get, a, like, some sort of treatment for it, and then he'll be fine for whoever, whatever team he signs for, even if it is the Hornets next season. So LaMelo Ball going to be playing in his third game. Malik Monk going to be playing in his third game. Nada, we know what it is with these guys coming back, trying to find themselves in a rhythm. It's what James Borrego said. They're all kind of getting used to each other once again as LaMelo takes the basketball in his hands a ton of times, being the starting point guard for this team. What do you want to see from LaMelo? What do you want to see from Malik tonight? Is this a nice game against a bad team to maybe hopefully continue to work towards finding your rhythm, maybe even the next few games. I think that is something, honestly, maybe we haven't given enough consideration. It's the fact that LaMelo and Malik do come back at a pretty good time in the schedule. Yeah, you had Miami, and that's always going to be a tough defensive-minded team, but you come back against Detroit the first time, you got to deal with Miami, and then the next three games, the next three games after that are against easy opponents. And it's not like they've got the best defense in the world. So Malik and LaMelo coming back at this point in the schedule, trying to get their feet wet before you enter the last five games that are going to be harder than we once thought. I really do like the way they were able to come back, at least at this point. At this point, the thing I want to see is I want to just see the turnovers cut down. The turnovers have been mm -hmm. bad since they've come back. And it's been a bugaboo of this team, per se. I just want to see the turnovers cut down. I don't think I'm asking for that much. I think when we're talking about teams that you shouldn't be turning the ball over a lot against, I feel like Detroit is one of those teams that you really shouldn't. So if we're talking about, like, not turning the ball over, we're talking about taking care of the ball, we're talking about, like, just being functional on offense, not giving – because the teams that, like, 
The thing that I want to impress upon listeners right now is that once this nice little stretch is over, it gets real. Like, there's not another easy team unless you're talking about, unless you're hoping that, one, the Knicks have solidified the fourth spot, and two, the Nuggets have solidified their spot in the playoffs. Like, unless those two teams solidify their spots and they just want to rest guys, the next week after this gets real. Like, because you're talking about five games and then probably the play-in. At some point, like, you're going to need to tighten up the ship and make sure that you're not turning the ball over as much. Now's a good time to, like, now's a good time to start. Don't turn the ball over. Yeah, this Less is than 15 turnovers per game against the next three opponents I don't think is that much to ask for. No, it's not. I think that's fine for you to ask for. Hopefully the Hornets can deliver. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or the rumors, and you can even find locked on host across the nba the mlb and the nhl go download the free locker room app now currently available on all ios devices and you can be sure to create a profile link your twitter and join the nba the nfl there are plenty of groups for the latest league updates i know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and your leagues you can download the locker room app today locker room changing the way we talk sports let's compare some trends what's happened the last month what's happened maybe in the the last 20 games or so that's coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets you have gone to that in an after school special show <laughs> and you've gone to that in a shoe show with david walker the og yes. I, you have gone back to the clerk's well for so many different references it's quite impressive because clerk here's the thing though clerks clerks one and clerks two tell you everything you need to know about the service industry and for the most part about life It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Pretty important stuff. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com. Go visit that website. It's a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car your truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you they have an amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right not i wanted to i was just kind of playing around with some stats last night yeah, you wanted to go scare everybody. You want this is this is your segment where you're gonna go and take off and just scare the entire fan base. Oh wait, no, that's the third segment with the. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's the third. It's the alternate Hornets universe, which is really never good. It, uh, it used to be better than what this universe was, but now it's actually on a positive swing. Some players in the last month have been on a positive swing. Some players have been on a negative swing, not. And I think that's what I want to dive into. Let's go with the good news first here. Do you just want to kind of start us off Mm. by looking at a good player and what they've been doing? It's miles. I I just, 
Yeah, well, I just kind of wanted to look at them just to see how how crazy they are. I, I know we've spent the past month already praising what Miles has done, but the numbers are are just too insane not to reveal again. So, you know, it's it's kind of an arbitrary starting point. But I, you know, I started at April first, right? I just thought that would be a good one. If you wanted to, then you could go back to the Spurs game. That's the first one that the Hornets played without Lamelo Ball. But I just went back to April 1st. That was when you kind of had a few games without Gordon Hayward. I, I think it, you were about to get there. I think it was uh, was it Brooklyn that he got hurt against or Indiana? Um, yeah, I think it was Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, I know Malik, I think, went out against Brooklyn on April 1st. And so I just felt like that was kind of when the injury started setting in. It's the beginning of a month, whatever. That's my arbitrary starting point. Since April 1st, Miles Bridges has played in 18 games. He started 16 of them. He's shooting 52% from the field, 45% from three on six and a half attempts per game. He's averaging seven rebounds, three assists, almost one block, and over 19 points per game. So just wanted to kind of look at how nuts the efficiency is for Miles on bigger volume starting these contests, even with some of these guys that are coming back within the last couple of contests. So just wanted to give some more praise to Miles. Not, I know you're always down for that. Yeah, look, Miles has just been ridiculous since he's and he stepped up. We were wondering who would step up, and we never really um, thought. Yeah, we didn't think it was fair to ask because the guy had already been so good. It's you don't want to set everyone else up to just down Miles if you ask him for more volume. The efficiency goes down. He can't really handle it. We already saw him have too much responsibility last year. I didn't want to do that again, and so I didn't think it was fair. It's okay. Here you are thriving in this role. I don't want to put more responsibility on you because you're already playing so well with what you're doing here. But they did. Miles took it upon himself, and, I mean, the efficiency's gone up. So it, it's just nuts. Uh, you, you love to see it. Um yeah, no, you love to see it. Absolutely. Let's get let's get to the scary stuff. Let's get to the let's get to and no pun intended. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's scary. It's just not as great as it used to be. And there's some pretty surprising stats, I think, when you compare Terry Rozier's last month, how it's affected his overall stats this season to maybe other players you haven't thought as highly of. So Terry Rozier, I'm not going to take away the excellent season he's had. He's been really, really good. The guy's been awesome. He's become a fan favorite. He was a fan favorite even last year, but that soared ever since his clutch time performances. The guy's been awesome. All that being said, using the April 1st starting point, Terry Rozier has played in 17 games, 35 minutes per game, and his field goal percentage during that time is 41.1. His three-point percentage during that time on almost nine attempts per game is 34.7%, almost 35. His free throw percentage is 75.8, which is it's fine. I think that's a little bit lower. I think it's about the same as this, uh, as this season. I don't have that up right now. And he's, he's av- actually averaging more assists at, at six per game, and he's still averaging 19 and a half points during that stretch. But the efficiency, not it's 41.1% from the field, and it's 34.7 on the same amount of attempts per game. That's in the last 17 games that's been ever since April 1st against Brooklyn, that 22-point loss that they suffered. Now, that stretch has affected Terry Rozier's overall efficiency numbers to the point where you look at what he's done this season, I was just kind of going back to him, 
And the guy shooting 45.6% from the field, it's the lowest really that he has all season long. Remember, he was at kind of close to 50. And then we saw him. Yeah, we thought he was going to flirt with 50-49. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. And and he was shoot. So the free throw percentage actually is down now that I pull it up. But you look at what he's shooting now, it's 45.6 compared to like 50-49. And then you're getting to 47. Now he's 45.6. Three-point percentage is 39.7, which is under 40, which is still a lead on eight threes a game. That's still totally fine. But here's here's what I wanted to, to compare it to. Because that last month for Terry, you look at P.J. Washington and what he's done ever since April 1st, okay? He missed a few games in between, mm-hmm. right? This is when we saw P.J. thrive after coming back, missing a whole week. But... PJ in the last month, he's played 15. So that's two games less than what Terry did. Averaging 31 minutes a game. He's shooting 46.6% from the field. 41.9% from three on six attempts per game. He's averaging over five rebounds. He's averaging over a block. And he's averaging 15.6, basically 16 points per game during that stretch. So clearly PJ, just more efficient. Not necessarily the same role, but more efficient in what he's been doing. Here's what's crazy. Here, here's what I kind of want to talk about, and I want to see if it's as surprising to you as it is to me. We're going to think okay. of Terry as of having this amazing season, and he has. I mean, it's it's been very good. For three quarters of it, yeah, he but has. right now, Nada, the total overall efficiency numbers for Terry Rozier, Terry Rozier is shooting, like I said, 45.6%, 3, 39.7 from three. P.J. Washington, during this last stretch, has brought his efficiency numbers up to 44.9, very close to 45, and he's shooting the same exact three-point percentage as what Terry Rozier is shooting this year on less than, you know, on Terry shooting twice as much from deep, but he's still shooting very close to it. The effective field goal percentage, Terry is shooting 56, P.J. is shooting 53. I just, you, you put those numbers up against one another, and you think of Terry just having by far leaps and bounds, way, way better season than PJ. And then you kind of look at the numbers. And as we dwindle down, if these guys continue in the, the direction they're heading, these numbers are going to be very, very comparable. And they're already pretty damn close. I told you, this is the scary part of the numbers section, folks. Like this is like, for me, this is interesting because this just says like, sometimes your eyes absolutely do lie to you. And you're not believe again, sometimes you don't know what you're seeing. And honestly, the reason I think we remember a lot more of Terry's season is a lot more of his moments came in the fourth quarter. Because we got to think about it. Like, how many times, especially when everybody was healthy, would Terry be allowed to rest, per se, and not have everything run through him and then be the guy, second, third option, and then start killing it? Now, compare that to... Post April 1st, there's no Gordon Hayward to bounce off of. There's no LaMelo Ball to bounce off of. There's no, there again, he's got to be the guy. And now you're seeing the toll it took on his numbers, quite honestly. And honestly, it's, it's wild to me to see what his numbers have, the numbers that have has taken a dive the way it has. Also, PJ recovering his numbers as well as he has has been one of the probably most like admirable things, especially after 
we all were like kind of worried about the guy. Like, and then he was like, "Yeah, y'all are fairly stupid for worrying <laughs> about this." Like, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that from him because right now, like that again, that 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 takes growth. It also goes into what we're finding out about this Hornets development staff. They'd rather overload you and then scale it back when they realize it's too much into what he can and cannot do. And then you go from there. And I think it's a, it's a system that thus far has worked. And I can't really argue with it. It just makes you worry sometimes if you're going to burn half a season trying to figure out the proper role for a lot of these guys. Yeah. And and real quickly, like I, I, I kind of want to talk about some of the things that are affecting both of these guys' trajectories, right? Because Terry has had a ton of responsibility this season. It went up when all of the other members of your backcourt are out. When you have to take over for Devontae and LaMelo and Malik, there's clearly a fatigue factor with Terry, right? Like we looked at how exhausted he'd been heading down, you know, the maybe even just like a week ago, James Borrego was kind of talking about that. Or I, I know Rick wrote an article about it. You discussed it too, Nada, how Terry just looked really tired. Clearly there's more of a responsibility. There's a different role. You don't have anybody in the backcourt helping you because they're all on the pine because of injuries. And so that matters. It also matters that Terry was showing up so many times in the fourth quarter, statistically being the best clutch player in the NBA. That is a point for Terry when comparing him to other players on this roster. I, I don't want to say that PJ has had a better year than Terry. I don't want to say he's had the same year because it's not even it, it's not that close, right? Like Terry, Terry yeah. has been amazing and, and and what he's done to help this team has been huge, especially offensively. But I guess I just wanted to look at those numbers because I don't I think it'd be a, a lot wider gap. I think it would be a lot wider gap than what people would realize when you kind of look back at this season. And I'm kind of interested in what the numbers are going to say as we get to the end of the regular season, but LaMelo's coming back. Hopefully that helps up Terry to be more in that. Just give me the ball. And so I can catch and shoot mold. I don't have to have the basketball in my hands nearly as much. And that's what Terry's going to thrive in. So um, I, I just, I think the numbers are, are kind of crazy. We think of PJ having this awful year. We think of Terry's having this. And it turns out not to be that. Yeah, way. right. So it, it's just, it's just interesting to look at the numbers. All right. Uh, let's go to one more segment. I want to continue to play Hornets alternate universe. Not I usually get scared when we do this. Uh, I just thought it might be fun to kind of look at that, but first we'll do bet online. AG it's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as the teams in the NBA prep for their runs to the playoffs. Also the NHL as well. And how about the Carolina Hurricanes continuing to win? They've had an awesome season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked On. Hornets Alternate Universe coming up next. Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. Lamelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. it, that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. 
Today on the Locked On Today podcast, the draft is over. So who won, who lost? That was the question yesterday. They're continuing to talk about the NFL draft and the other trending topics going forward. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today pod. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Now that there's one big topic of discussion in the NBA right now, there's a few, but there's one that is kind of reigning superior after what Russell Westbrook did last night. Russell Westbrook against the Indiana Pacers was flirting with Scott Skiles single game assist record in the third quarter heading into the fourth. Russell had already accumulated 21 assists and Scott Skiles has the record of 30. Now he didn't reach that, but we did see Russell Westbrook put up a stat line of 21 rebounds 24 assists and he scored 14 points and he did so on five of eight shooting, not even taking that many shots. So 14 points, 21 rebounds, 24 assists, a nut stat line. And we've seen Very. Russell Westbrook really help this Washington wizards team get back into the thick of things so much so that this is going to be a team that might just make the damn play in tournament they're in right now. I mean, you see them as the 10 seed. They're three games ahead of Toronto. They're four games above Chicago. They've certainly got to be the favorite to make it. They're eight and two in their last 10. We know that nine game win streak that they just went on. Russell Westbrook has been good for them as we've gone on in the season. He also revealed that he played with a torn quad earlier in the year. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and you pointed out on Twitter, how in the hell, if you're the team, do you let that happen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the the crazy part to this is, like, how again, how do you reveal that? Like, that's one of those things. Like, when Russell Westbrook says that, that's one of those, yo, my training staff ain't really worth about, uh, isn't worth about two cents in just fake money right now. <laughs> Like that's that's where we're at. Like it's got as much worth as Top Shot. Oh wow, Top Shot, uh, slander. I hear you, but yeah, I mean, with Russell Westbrook, the the alternate universe I want to play is you've seen the success that the Wizards have had, and Russell has been putting up some really impressive stats, and it, we're all writing think pieces about him, the roller coaster that his career has been. I mean, it. there needs to be people always discuss they want a 30 for 30 on just the Oklahoma City Thunder having three MVPs on the roster. I take one just for Russ. I I mean, just the, the way that opinions change on him, that he's the worst contract in the league. Now we're all writing think pieces on how we should just learn to appreciate Russell again. You know, we were going back and saying that MVP should have gone to James Harden for how inefficient his triple double has been the when he averaged it. But and then we kind of lost the the awe factor when he averaged it two more seasons after that. Now that he's doing it again, we're like, oh, we should appreciate it. So just the roller coaster with Russ has been crazy. But remember, the Charlotte Hornets used to be mentioned as a potential suitor for Russell Westbrook, Nada, and instead the Hornets don't trade for Russell. They draft Lamelo Ball on NBA draft night, third overall. They also signed Gordon Hayward as a free agent to come in and help LaMelo's development, as well as try to have them be a legitimate playoff threat, which they're going to get in the play in tournament this year. What happens if the Charlotte Hornet, what does it take? What does it mean? What happens if the Hornets actually get Russell Westbrook on the roster and it comes to fruition? Some of the reports that we saw that they were potential suitors. Look, um, <laughs> here's how I would say this. And this is something I think we need to understand. It was either Gordon Hayward or Russell right. Westbrook for for Hornets fans. Like there was no other way of doing this. 
they were spending $40 million on what on a player because they kind of realized that no one really wants to watch a tanking team or a t- young team trying to figure it out. If you're not aiming the needle towards wins, fans aren't going to take you seriously. And it's something that's like, like we talked about earlier before I actually know before we started recording, like saying a fan telling me that they want the team to tank is like saying, you know what? I just want to take a break from this team. It's like telling, telling someone that you're dating, yo, let's just take a break. Let's go see other people. Like, yeah, you may go on a break, but you're still seeing other people. You're still going to consume the game. You just don't want to consume that content. And I get it. I understand. I'm not going to be one of those that judge you for it. But at the same time, it's one of those things like teams. And this is something the Charlotte Hornets figured out the hard way. Like no one wants to watch a rebuilding team. No one wants to watch them, especially when they're down and they're trying to figure it out. Like, I am one of those that believes that Russell Westbrook here probably does the same thing that Gordon Hayward does. He adds expectations in that locker room. And while I feel like expectations in a fan base for a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in four or five years is a very bad thing to do, even with the number three overall pick and possibly the rookie of the year. At the same time, I'm not going to be one of those that says having expectations in that locker room is a bad thing. That means there's a standard that you have to meet every day. And if Russ is going to work, guess who's going to be working right with them? So I'm not of the mind that this would have been a bad thing. I'm not even saying that they drafted differently because Russell Westbrook, because trading for Russell Westbrook should not affect how you build your team at all. And the only reason that it affects it is because if you feel like he's going to be a major piece, he's going to be, he's a side piece. He's not the main dish. Bradley Beal is the main dish in, in Washington. So if we're going to have those conversations, if we're going to have those moments where we're talking strictly about what Russell Westbrook does in Charlotte, I'd say they're basically be in the same spot. I mean, I think I think Gordon is a way better fit for this team. Uh, and and I think if you would have put Russell Westbrook, and I agree with you, I think you still draft LaMelo Ball number three overall. There was talk as, uh, like, we didn't know what Russell Westbrook was going to get traded for. And so we flirted with the idea of, is there is, is there really a shot that you would include a first round pick and it was always stupid, but that was kind of a conversation that was being had. And it was the wizards giving up a lottery protected pick along with John wall to Houston in exchange for Russell. Remember at the beginning of the season, it was all about how Houston fleeced Washington because they got the better player at the time. And they got a protected first round pick that I think a couple of years from now, it'll be top eight protected and then it'll turn into two seconds. So they needed to convey within the next three years, but it does get all the way up to top eight protected. And it's like, yeah, the Rockets got the better player and they got the first round pick. But as the season went on and in the last month, the wizards have played really good basketball and Russell has been playing a lot better. And again, now he's being the most celebrated player this week, really the last couple of weeks for what he's done. But I don't think he has this type of season with the Hornets. And and, and I don't think the Hornets, it, it just doesn't fit nearly as well because you have Terry Rozier as a perfect fit alongside LaMelo and even Devante who can play with LaMelo better than what Russ can, in my opinion, because the three-point shot just isn't there. I, I think with both of Russell and LaMelo being a lot more ball dominant, 
that they they don't thrive nearly as much together as what Lamella was doing with Terry and Devonte this season. And I think Gordon, I totally agree with you. You're not paying 40 for Russell in a trade and then going to sign Gordon Hayward for 30. So it's either or. And I think pretty clearly, even with the injury that's taken Gordon out longer than we thought, pretty clearly this was the, the better direction to go, even with Russ having this kind of impact later on with the Wizards. Absolutely. Like this was the better, this is obviously the better two pass, but I don't think things change all that much. Like the only thing that I think that the Hornets do better is handle the injury to the torn quad. That's the only thing I think that, that happens that, that the Hornets do better outside of that. I think Russ's impact on how people train and how people learn. Yo, that matters. That matters too. Like the off the court stuff, the learning stuff, the getting along with coach Borrego stuff. Like that would have that would have changed that would have improved I think I don't think it changes that all that much between Gordon Hayward and Russell Westbrook the one thing that I do think that when we talk about this is that I do think that in terms of the contract that ages it might be Gordon Hayward but yeah. for a one year thing I don't think it changes yeah I mean I, th- I think Gordon Hayward's contract certainly ages better. Um, and yeah, I mean, here we are uh, the, the roller coaster of Russ's career. It's, it's, it's the guy, can he be, is he more second fiddle? Kevin Durant leaves. All right. He's a scoring champion. He's averaging triple double, but then they don't win in the playoffs. He gets the MVP. Then we do revision history and say, man, we should have given that more to James Harden becomes the worst contract in the league. And now here we are with Washington once again. And in Washington, he's playing some pretty good basketball. So Russell Westbrook, man, it's a fascinating story, a fascinating career. That'll do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks again for joining us here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll reveal the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And then be sure to send in your mailbag questions for our Thursday episode.